No, fuck actually. You. <laughs> fuck you. That's fuck the difference. <laughs> right no, there. No, no. <laughs> Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, we have our wizard of wait, what, Chinoda. When it rains, it pours. That is very true. Pussy? Whoa. Whoa. I mean, you know. And you know. Our sh- and our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Damn Canadians. <laughs> No, God, no. Alright, so before we actually get into what we're going to be talking about tonight, we do have a bit of sad news to pass on. So, um, for those of you that follow the Gundam franchise or have followed it for a long time, you might already know this, but we do want to talk about it for just a second. So, uh, Gundam writer Yu Yamamoto passed away uh, recently at the age of 71. Um, He was... I guess you would say he's a very prolific anime screenwriter. He didn't just work on the Gundam franchise, although he did work on quite a bit of the Gundam franchise. He also worked on things like Yataman, Time Boken, Urusei Yatsura, uh, a ton of other mech uh, anime over the years. And uh, he also, I didn't know this until I read the article that from Anime News Network that he also wrote novels as well. Did you know that, Chinoda? I did not at all, actually. He wrote yeah, light novels? No, no, not light novels, like actual novels. Oh! He wrote, under, uh, he wrote it under a different pen name, though. I think that was, uh, the the name he used when he wrote, wrote novels was uh, Amamiya Koichiro. Interesting. So I, I did not know that until I read this article. But yeah, um, he was a, a very not, not only just a prolific anime screenwriter, but he was also a... Probably one of the biggest pillars of the Gundam franchise overall, in terms of you know, create the creative side, you know, getting the stories out there. So, uh, I, I wanted to mention it. I don't think a lot of people who have like if you're a brand brand new, uh, like fan of the Gundam franchise, you probably don't know who he is. But if you've been following it for the franchise for quite a while, you probably have heard the name before, even if you didn't know who he was. But anyway, so shall we move on? Let's. All right. So what we're actually going to be talking about tonight is kind of a... Well, first of all, it was a topic that was mentioned by a uh, a member of our Discord server, Chris. So if you're listening, Chris, thank you for this. Um, he brought up this idea for this topic, and we thought it was good enough for a full episode on. I don't know if this topic is going to be like deep enough for us to do like a full-length episode of the podcast on, but we're going to try. Um, so this... This episode of the podcast revolves around a very specific question, and that is, should anime be critiqued within a vacuum? And what we mean by that is, uh, so occasionally there will be uh, anime or manga or what have you that come out, and they're either heavily influenced by or directly inspired by another work of, of anime or manga that came before them. 
And the question that we're asking is, should you actually critique or review the new anime the same way that you looked at the old anime that it's based off of? So do you want to uh, tell the viewers what particular anime sparked this conversation? Yes, yes, I actually do. I was, I was just about to get to that. Um, so what really sparked this conversation, or the, this topic idea, was a conversation that was being had on our Discord server about the currently airing anime, uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, or Bunny Girl Senpai is it's the, short, the short name for it. Um, because it is unquestionable to, to deny. You, you can't deny the fact that this, this anime, and I, I think that it's based on a light novel, I believe, the anime or the, it's an adaptation of a light novel um, is based highly, highly on the Monogatari series. I, it borrows so many elephant elements from them. I, I almost said elephants. And then <laughs> you did say elephants. If there was an elephant, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they borrowed that too. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised. Um, I would not even be surprised, but no, it borrows so many elements from the Monogatari series that, in my mind, at least, it borders on actually stealing the entire story of the Monogatari series. Which can And I think that's, that's, that's part of the reason why I really, really don't like this show. It's not the fact that I think that by itself it would be a bad show. It's that when I – because I've seen the Monogatari series. I love the Monogatari series. But this, up against the Monogatari series, it doesn't even hold half of a candle to the Monogatari series. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched it. Uh, well, well, no, you, you've watched the Monogatari series, but you haven't watched Bunny Girl Senpai. No, I haven't. Yeah. And then, well, Chinoda has not watched the Monogatari series, but he's watching <laughs> Bunny Girl Senpai. Oh, man. And I've watched both. <laughs> so we have interesting perspective here. But no, I, that's it, it's an interesting discussion because it, I, I think there's, there's a good question here about whether it's right or not to to criticize or to critique and review something based on another work that it might be either tangentially related to or borrowing from. Now, I do want to make a, a, a big distinction here that for the purposes of what we're talking about tonight, we are not talking about things like like intentional remakes or reboots because that does happen in the anime industry from time to time like full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood like obviously they borrow a lot from each other because they're based on the exact same source material these are completely different works from different people we're talking about specifically yeah things from like different studios different different creators different genres but they borrow heavily from other works that's what we're specifically talking about for example the shonen genre yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that entire genre, every the entire every... genre, honestly, unoriginal. Yeah. I was, I, I actually think there's a lot to be discussed in the shonen genre about that because there's so. Oh, many I'm gonna get that... into it once we're in this. Yeah, um, but I think the thing we should start with first is this. Uh, probably the central question in all of this is how exactly does the concept of objectivity and subjectivity play a role in how you either like you view something or how you criticize it. And I want to clarify that like we're asking this because if you are criticizing something in a vacuum, you're basically saying you're making an objective criticism of it because you're not really taking it into any other account. You're, you're saying it can uh, have a merit just by itself. Yeah. 
So what do you think about that, Alex? Um, I think it's really easy to objectively critique something when it's something that is very, very new, like doesn't seem to borrow much from anything. I think it's very difficult for me personally, and other people might be completely different. I don't know. But it's very difficult for me personally to objectively uh, critique or review something when it so obviously borrows stuff from other other works. I don't, and I don't know if that's a failing on my part or maybe other people are like that. Maybe most people are like that. I don't know. Well, okay, but... you are confusing a lot of different things. <laughs> you just said objectively critique something for borrowing other works. So I'm just saying I don't think that I can. I don't think that I can do that. I don't think anyone can personally. Well, the correlation that I was trying to make with this question is that, like, if you criticize it by itself, then you're being quote-unquote objective but if you relate it to other uh shows then you're being subjective because you're using like your own you're just picking a random show and comparing it yeah well it doesn't even necessarily have to be random it can be something that's like linked to it in some way but like linked how the question is why specifically are you choosing to um compare it to that show uh, and the only answer is it's your own choice. You just feel like because you watch the show and you think that it relates to the other show. There's no objective way to yeah, say well, yeah. you should. That's why it's subjective is when you're comparing it between multiple shows. Yeah, and, for sure. And well, my personal opinion on this is that I subscribe to the extremist uh, Digibro ideology <laughs> that uh, there's no such thing as objectivity and that everything is subjective so you can't really um have you can't really have an opinion on a on a show without either consciously or subconsciously comparing it to the other shows that you have watched or the other books that you've read or the other stories that you've experienced or your own experiences in life um so I don't think you can critique something in a vacuum because it's just impossible. I think yeah, to, yeah, to I think you're you're mostly right. I think if if like if you were if you'd watched anime for the first time, I think you wouldn't have any other anime to compare it to, so you can really if you're just comparing anime, you would be that you could objectively like critique the very first anime that you watched because you don't have anything to compare it to. I mean, but like but, you've read other stories or you've watched other stories. Like anime yeah, I mean, is just another story, really. It's another medium, yeah. Um, I, I for the most part, I kind of agree with that. I think that there's some elements of fiction that can be critiqued um, objectively, um, but I think by and large, a lot of it is subjective. I would say like ninety nine percent of it is, is subjective. What do you think, Chinoda? Oh, difficult. I have to... (laughs) (laughs) Just narrows it down to one word, difficult. I can hear his brain (laughs) short-circuiting. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, So here's the thing. You are right about the fact that you really can't objectively critique something once you heard anything or seen anything you'll always be subconsciously comparing it to something, even if you don't mean to. But I do think uh, if you so put in the effort, you can uh, compare it objectively. But it's difficult to uh, do it that way. It is. 
nigh impossible. Well, I wouldn't say nigh impossible, just you have to go through a lot of ropes to do it. I feel like the closest you could get to objective is someone who has watched and read every single thing and has lived every single life, which is obviously impossible. But I think that would be the closest you could get to objective. Or you had ne- you had like lived in a complete, a literal vacuum your entire life where you'd never been exposed to anything, and then you're exposed to something for the very first time, and it's like, oh, which I think that's is... impossible because it's, I mean, it's, it's not, not realistic impossible. <laughs> there are still tribes of humans that are it's, it's... completely separate from the rest I of mean, but everything. But those tribes but... have like stories that they tell each other. True, but I, yeah, like, you're right. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not impossible. It's unrealistic, but it's not impossible. Um, I'm pressing. But I think. X I think by dope. and large, I think. I think by and large, most most people who have reached a certain age, let's say eighteen plus, you've experienced enough to where you can critique stuff subjectively and have like, assuming you haven't lived a completely isolated life, you can. You, you can look at stuff based on your own experience and think, well, do I like this? Do I not like this? What don't I like about this? What do I like about this? Yeah, and I think the main, like, this there's this whole hubbub about uh, the bunny girl and Monogatari, and I guess the backlash against comparing the two are, I assume, from people who haven't watched them both, which is the whole impetus for this question, like, should anime be critiqued within a vacuum? Because a lot of people... Uh, don't want to hear opinions by other people who do not share the same experience, who the, where these two people don't share the same experience, and they're like, why are you criticizing this show? Why are you bringing this random other show into the mix? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I think that that problem that people have with um, comparing shows, that's just a problem they're going to have to live with because they're just going to have to tolerate that other people have different experiences than them and then therefore they have different opinions and, you know, there's no one right opinion and you're just going to have to live with uh, that reality that diversity exists and that we're not all the same person. I, so. I think I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that actually kind of speaks to a larger problem in Western society right now that so so many people are unwilling to listen to people who have a different opinion. Like, I, I don't like Bunny Girl Senpai at all, and I think I, like 90% of that stems from the fact that I've watched all of the Monogatari series, and I think it's it does what Bunny Girl Senpai does, tries to do, but so much better. But I want to hear from people who like this show because, and I, I want to, I specifically want to hear from people who have watched both and actually still think that Bunny Girl Senpai is a good show because I want to hear their thought process behind it. But I'm also willing to listen to people who haven't watched one or the other to hear what they actually think. And I think that's part of the problem with like anime fandom in general is that there's so many people who get so into their own opinions it's like their opinion becomes like a part of their identity and like how dare you question my opinion yeah it's called being right. uptight and having fucking tight ass panties <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you tell us about that <laughs> oh honey i could write a book i'm sure you could um okay so this uh conversation made me think of something that we didn't write down on the doc but is it like, we've talked about how it's bad, how uh, certain shows are basically copycats of other shows, but can that be enjoyable? Like, for me personally, I kind of like it 
how uh, repetitive the shonen genre is. Or the sports genre, which I guess is a subset of the shonen genre. I kind of enjoy um, the fact that they're all just copycats of each other. Um, What do you guys think? I think to a certain extent, yeah, it certainly can be. I think it... When you say the word copycat, I'm assuming you're meaning, like, it borrows certain elements but doesn't borrow entire stories. I think you're more specifically talking about tropes. Am I guessing that right? I mean, well, it depends on how much of the story is copied. Well, it's like, okay, I, I can give you a very specific example that shows up in a wide variety of shonen uh, anime. The idea of a tournament arc. Like, that's in so many shonen anime. And... I'll be in the complete minority here. Like t- tournament arcs are stupid, are really stupid, and it makes me lose so much respect for a shonen when they actually include one. Really? And why? It does. Why do you? Because why don't you? Why? Why are they stupid? Sh- okay, the tournament arc stopped being innovative and cool after Dragon Ball Z did it. Oh, I'm honey. sorry, but ever since then, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been cool, and it's just it's so. Who cares? Oh, girl, you sound like a jaded old shonen hoe. <laughs> I can understand where he's coming from. I have to disagree, though, but I do understand where you're coming from. It's it's just a played-out trope at this point. I personally like, it enjoy like... it, but I know what you're saying. Well, it, it, feels, it's, it, it feels like at this point that some people only put tournament arcs in shonen anime and manga just for the sake of having a tournament arc at this point. That's what it feels like. And it's like the whole tournament arc in MHA, it was so bad because it felt like it was just there just to have a fucking tournament arc. I will say I didn't like the tournament arc. Wait, you read it? Yeah, I've read the, I've read I, the okay, manga. Okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, I liked the tournament on. arc in the manga. <laughs> I didn't like it in the anime, though. So that's funny. I did, uh, it was just it, it. It just felt like the whole thing was there just for the sake of having a tournament arc. And like, like, well, okay, why? but like that is so MHA to just do that. They just that's just so that's so typical of MHA. I like how we we've got a new category now. It's like that's just so MHA. Just it's almost like there's the, the whole tagline in the JoJo's franchise. Like it just works. Like that's just MHA. I, I just I don't like tournament arcs. I I think they're so that whole idea has been played out ad nauseum to the point at which I don't even like the idea of a tournament arc anymore. I guess. And that, I think that kind of you goes just haven't to what seen the Hunter Hunter tournament arc, so you don't know what's oh my good. God, <laughs> yeah, try to sell me a tournament arc by telling me to watch a tournament arc. Exactly. Good idea, good idea. Um, but I I do think that kind of plays into what you're asking about, like you know, copycat stuff. Like I think to a degree that can be entertaining, especially if it's done in some kind of like an element is done in some kind of new innovative way that you've never seen before, or if it's done so much better than everyone than it's ever been done before. But I think if it just, if it starts getting done just for the sake of getting done, that's when it becomes a problem for me. I guess. Chinoda. <laughs> I, I would say even if, uh, it's being done just for the sake of it being there. If it's according to the standard, what's wrong with that? 
I don't. I I hate the idea that fiction can be written on a formula. I just hate that idea. But that's <sighs> true for almost any genre. I I don't. It doesn't have to be though. It doesn't you have can to be. Yeah, try sure. But stuff innovative every once in a while. Everything's been done before, honey. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, you believe that's not true? I don't. I don't think it's true at all. I think there's a lot of stuff that's been done before, but you can always, if you're an actual, if you're actually a creative person, I think that you can come up with something that's never been done before, or at least if you're working on something that hasn't been done before, do it better than anyone else has ever done it before. So it's it only... possible to do it. It's just not easy. Oh, well, fucking creative writing isn't supposed to be easy. If it were, everyone would be doing it. Fair enough. So I think this kind of actually leads into another question that we have. It's at what point does it actually become justifiable to, justifiable to compare two different works? Okay, so I have a particular to anime uh, in mind for this question that was really controversial when they came out. And the original anime was Attack on Titan. And the copycat quote-unquote, anime, was uh, the train anime. What is it? Cabinary? Cabinary. Yeah, Cabinary. Uh, there was, like, a huge hubbub about how it's a copycat of Attack on Titan, and it's just bullshit. And then there was a lot of people backlashing, being like, why are you comparing this to Attack on Titan? There's no reason to do that. Well, was that, that was also compounded by the fact that they were done by the same studio. Exactly. So the, one of the points of why it was justifiable to compare the two was that they were done by the same studio. Um, well, and, can I, can I, can I jump in here? Uh-huh, go ahead. I def, I definitely think that it was very valid to compare both of those on a lot of their technical merits, because if you look at the, like the animation style for both of them is pretty similar. Um, the character designs, I mean, the way the characters are drawn are pretty similar. Um, uh, the, both of the sound, both of them have good soundtracks. I think Hiroyuki Sawano was involved in some way in Kabaneri. But I, I think certainly on the technical stuff, it was very valid to compare the two. I don't think they have the same story at all, really? personally. Really? I, the first episode I, was literally the same thing. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I will give you that. I will give you that. The first episode is pretty much the exact same. And what was, what made it worse was that uh, Cabinary was an original. So it had no background. It had no, like... A long-standing history that could back it up as a legitimate story it was just it had no you know, established fan base either it was just they just the anime creators just pulled the story out of a hat and that's how it felt and clearly i am of the opinion that this was is very justifiable to compare the two and that this is a bad example of copying another anime because i just felt that there was no originality in cabinary and that it was a cheap money grab which worked because it sold really well but yeah, still cheap <laughs> and i couldn't i could not appreciate the story at all because i felt it was just an insult to attack on titan so agreed See, it, which, feel... it was honestly a shame because uh looking at it it honestly did have potential but they completely ruined it and that's that's exactly how I feel when I compare Bunny Girl to Monogatari. I feel like like they're trying to imitate Monogatari, but in, and they say that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. But the way Bunny Girl Senpai is doing it, they're actually insulting the Monogatari series because they're doing it so badly. 
apparently it's working though because it has an insanely high rating on mal and everyone's saying it's the best anime of the year girl it's one of those animes that as soon as it stops airing nobody will remember anything about it i'm telling you I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see. I, I think it will be remembered, but we'll see, we'll see is, as time goes on. This is coming from the opinion of a person who hasn't watched a single episode. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and, you know, I know that you've sort of fallen out of love with the Monogatari series show. But I'm bored. I know. But you got to admit that for all of its faults or faults that you see in the Monogatari series, at least it has staying power because it's still around. I guess. I don't know what I, it would be. It would be, I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see if this, the bunny girl sent by show has the same like pull, because I don't think it will. I think that people will eventually, I well, I think that people once this show finishes airing and people like me tell these people who haven't watched the Monogatari series, like, hey, if you like this show, go watch the Monogatari series. And those people will be like, okay, I'll go watch it. And they watch it and it's like, wow, this is so much better. And it's like, it's, it's like the same story, but done by someone who's competent at writing. <laughs> I think people will just kind of forget about it. I but think I, it's I think just that, forgettable I think, I, in general. I think that the point at which it becomes very justifiable to compare two different works is if they have something in common, whether it's like a similar tone, a similar setting, whether they're in the same genre, they have the same creator done by the same studio, um, like something that, that compare a similar art style. So why is it justifiable to compare Bunny to Monogatari? Because they have the, the okay, so you know, how you said, you know how you said the first episode of Cabinary was exactly like the first episode of Attack on Titan. Yeah, the first episode of Bonnie Girl Senpai is exactly like the first episode of Bakemonogatari. But it's not. No, it's not even exactly. No, it is literally the same story. But there's no different real characters. technical or tangible relation between the two. It's just how they um, tell the story. Not that I know of. I don't. Like I don't think there's it, they're being done by a uh, uh, different studio. Um, Bunny Girls being done by Cloverworks. The Monogatari series is done by Shaft. Um, I don't who wrote the light novel uh, for. But I know that Nisio Eason writes the Bunny the their Bunny Girl writes the Monogatari series light novels. Um, uh, who's the author? Uh, Hajime Kamoshida writes the light novel for Bunny Girls Senpai. Um, I don't know. Maybe they know each other in real life. I don't know. So then, do you think it's justifiable because it's, they have a similar episode? I think it's justifiable because they not only have the same first, it, not even a similar, it's the same first episode. Um, I think that a lot of it's the episode, the uh, subsequent episodes of Bunny Girl Senpai borrow even more elements from Bakemonogatari. So I, I, just judging by that, I think that it's it's worthy to compare the two. And the fact that a lot of the characters in Bunny Girl Senpai can relate directly to characters from the Monogatari series. I feel like I instinctively want to agree with you, but I feel like there's no tangible way to say that there's something there to compare that makes it justifiable to compare the two. So honestly, I think it's very hard to answer the question of what is justifiable to compare two works. Um... I will say there is one thing they do have in common: the Monogatari series and Bunny Girl Senpai. It's the only. There may be more. I don't know, but I can tell you there is at least one thing they have in common. 
Okay, uh-huh. what is it? Both of them have parts that have aired in fall 2018. Wow, you're really stretching that. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's something. Come on, dude. It is something. I just Come on, dude, my, that's... I lost my support for this uh, argument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really stretching it there, I know, but I, and there, there might actually be something they do have in common deep down that I don't know. They might have, like, someone who's worked on the music of the Monogatari series may be working on the music for Bunny Girl Senpai. I don't know. Um, well, here's my thing. Even if, uh, say, uh, the first episode is the same, it is still different works, and uh, each work has their own merit. So, why just judge off of one single episode? It's not... Well, okay, so the reason I say the first episode is because the first episodes of both Bakemonogatari and Bunny Girl Senpai are almost identical. All you have to do is change the setting and change the characters and you it's basically the exact same story is bunny girl a harem no actually you fuck that's the difference right there no (laughs) fuck it i've said this so long the monogatari series is not a harem fuck all of you out there who say that alex is living in his delusional la la land (laughs) <laughs> also, not to spoil not to spoil Bunny Girl Senpai, but I will have no actual illusions of actually caring a damn if I spoil it for you, because it is that bad. Um, they even go so far as to have a character in Bunny Girl Senpai who gets rejected by the main character who likes him, just like Hanakawa gets rejected in the Monogatari series. Oh, and get this, she's obsessed with cats! Ha <laughs> ha! You just sound like a salty hoe. I'm just saying that the fact that some people who have seen both won't point this out is just amazing to me. And it's like, I think on, when we were having the discussion about this um, on our Discord server, it's like Chris even said it. It's like watching a shaftless Monogatari. And it's like, well, like half of the reason I watch the Monogatari series is because it's animated by Shaft. They have such a great style and like, they, they put so much oomph in it that it's like, that's fucking why I watch it. They make the story, as good as the story is already, so much better because of the style that they use. Which I think leads us into another great question to ask. So, do you guys think there's actually a difference between borrowing story elements from a previous work and stealing them? No. I think it's fair game to borrow anything. Um, except for, like, uh, like, names. Like, like, names of characters and places and stuff? Yeah. So, like, if there was literally a character in Bunny Girls and by name Koyomi Aradagi, you'd say, that seems like stealing. <laughs> yeah. I well, now that I'm to. thinking about it, if there was, like, literally the same anime, but they changed the names, then it would still be pretty shitty. So, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think See, you have to go to more uh, specifics with that. Specifics in terms of like the actual elements being borrowed or stolen? Yeah, because if it's something more general, like for example, in the, going back to uh, this shonen animes with tournament marks, you wouldn't say, hey, this tournament arc was stolen by this tournament arc. No, it's just... A generic tournament arc like they're just there it's a standard that is true i've never actually 
Well, there, there may be someone out there that's done it, but I've never actually seen someone compare tournament arcs directly between two different anime. Um, it is out there. Uh, if I remember right, uh, I think Masako X has actually uh done it. But it's not done very often. A lot of people just judge tournament arcs by how good it is within the story that they're in. Yeah. Because the weird. shonen fans are blind. I never, I never, oh, I never thought about it like that. That's, it's interesting. Oh, maybe it's because most shonen fans are young. I don't think so. Well, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Or is it because most shonen fans are male? That's right. I put it out there, drinking this tea. Fucking misogynistic. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I mean, it is true, though. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, I want to point out, I, I have... The reason I asked this question is because I do think there's actually a difference between borrowing and stealing story elements, and that's this: if you're borrowing story elements, <clears throat> you're only you're borrowing a what you're you're using a very small percentage of stuff from other stories and using it in your story in a different way. If you're stealing story elements, it's a much larger percentage, but you're not even trying to hide the fact that it's not even different. Well, okay. What what this makes me think of is like Little Witch Academia is clearly blatantly um, copying Harry Potter. And see, I knew you were about to say that, but I got I got to. So when I went to Otakon this year, and the the some of the staff for Studio Trigger were there, they got asked this question in a panel that I was at, and almost all of them had never had never watched Harry Potter. And I find this, I found it so difficult to believe. So either they're telling the truth and they really had no knowledge of it and it's just an amazing coincidence that there's so many story elements that are the same or they're just lying. I have to believe they're lying because, like, <laughs> shitty as an like author the- fucking J.K. Rowling might be, she did create something fantastic and that's affected so entire generations of uh, peoples. I mean, the main appeal of Little Witch Academia is that it's a female Harry Potter. Like, it's like digging into the Harry Potter demographic. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're a fan of Harry Potter and you've never watched anime before, I would the first thing I would recommend is Little Witch Academia. Exactly. So, but I know you have a favorable impression of Little Witch Academia. So, how does that uh, relate to borrowing and stealing story elements? That's actually an interesting question. Um, I think, well, okay, so a lot of my love for LWA comes from the fact that I love Studio Trigger. Um, but I also really like Little Witch Academia on its own. I think if it had been done by any other studio, I'd still probably love it just as much. Um but I think it's a lot easier for me to to reconcile the fact that it borrows a lot from Harry Potter because it's from two different mediums. Like one, Harry Potter is both a a, a book and a film franchise. So it's all right Little to Witch- culturally culturally appropriate from other countries, but not from the same <laughs> I, country. Um, <laughs> sure, if you believe that cultural appropriation is a real thing, I suppose. Oh, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> I mean, you you brought it up, sir. Not I me. mean, I was being facetious, but um, I don't know. 
you, I mean, maybe it's hypocritical on my part, but that's kind of how I view it. It's like, it's a completely different medium. Um, but you're also right in the fact that it is basically an all female Harry Potter. You know, I am very much like you in that I criticize some works for borrowing elements and then I like other works and I don't, I really, it's for just, borrowing just as many elements. Exactly. Yeah. Like, shonen in sports and stuff like that like i don't know simplistic anime i don't i feel like when i watch a shonen or a sports anime and then it begins the show setting my expectations that this is going to be a very simplistic story i can forgive the anime for you know not being super innovative because that's what i was expecting in the first place but like in other shows like um there. So Ajin is a show, and I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a show. Sure, it is we'll a show. Uh, I think it's called Demi Human or something in English, um, and it borrows a lot from Tokyo Ghoul. Um, and I respect Tokyo Ghoul for a lot of the details in the story, particularly the manga. Um, so when I'm watching Ajin, I'm way more critical of it because. Th- I come in expecting a very detailed story. So when it's boring a lot of elements from a already established story, I'm way more critical. So maybe that's the difference for me. Maybe. But do you think, so you, you've wa- obviously you've, you've watched and slash read both Ajin and Tokyo Ghoul. Uh-huh. Do you think that Ajin, the way it borrows its elements is done in like a flattering way towards Tokyo Ghoul? Um... I think it tries. It tries to be uh, to take its own twist on the story. I don't think it succeeds, but I definitely see it. I don't think it's lazy, but I think it just fails. Okay, so you think that they they genuinely tried to do good service to the to the elements that they borrowed. They just didn't do it necessarily the right way. Yeah. See, I think that's completely the opposite with Bunny Girl Senpai. I think it's it literally the author of this light novel series set out to just blatantly steal as many as many elements as he could from the monogatari series and still get away with it so maybe maybe that's it's just your how it feels to you does maybe it, i, I mean and that goes back that, that plays back into the whole subjectivity thing as well yeah <sighs> you're being awfully quiet shinoda i oh. <laughs> god his brain i can smell the smoke from here from all the gears turning I'm trying to figure which side I'm on, okay? We both made such good points. Yeah, both of you did. I have. I was fully prepared to be completely against you, Alex. Now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Every single episode, you guys come on here and you think, how can I piss off Alex today? I, I mean, I, I mean, that's into, a show. I, I, I thought I'm you not. were into DP. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's not get into my personal life, sir. <laughs> We're waiting to <laughs> piss off. <laughs> I've read. I both. Uh, I haven't read them, but uh, I've watched both the uh, uh, Ajin and um, Tokyo Ghoul. I can see where they borrow stuff, uh, but I would say they're pretty independent of each other. If anything. And thinking about it even more, I'm thinking about the really lazy borrowing. Like, in both Tokyo Ghoul and, and Ajin, the main character is black-haired, 
he has a best friend who's orange-haired, and then the orange-haired best friend gets separated from the black-haired main character, and there's this big, like, uh, separation drama. And I'm like, are you... This is this... You just have to make them look so similar, and, like, the same exact traits. Like, this is very, very... Blatant, okay, I can agree with you on the premise. Uh, they're pretty similar, but because of the characteristics of the uh, of the main characters, it's not really that similar. Yeah, you're right. The main characters have different personalities, um, and it the shows definitely diverge the further they go into their respective stories. But like again, with We've been having so much gripes with first episodes, and the first episode of Ajin was very borrowed a lot from uh, from Tokyo Ghoul. Even like in both first episodes, you know, um, the main character is involved in an accident and a, a near death accident, and then that triggers the supernatural effect, which I'm just like very creative, you know. You know, and, and you know, this is like what the third or fourth first episode like example that we've given in this in this maybe in this anime producers just need to uh get a better template for well it makes <laughs> it episodes. makes me wonder if if a lot of this since a lot of this seems to be centered around our first impressions of an anime or a manga then maybe when we watch these first episodes and we realize that the, these first episodes are very similar to other first episodes of things that we've liked and watched and it's just not done as well, do you think it maybe gives us a really sour taste in our mouth and it makes us less willing to give the rest of the show a fair chance? Again, like Nah, you're how- crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me down easy. <laughs> Like, when Ajin was first announced, I was actually really um, excited for it because I wanted more of Tokyo Ghoul, but, like, some of the lazy copying parts was not uh, not as great, so. Well, I, I can think of another thing that's airing right now that borrows heavily from something else. Like, the fucking Gridman. It's basically a Ultraman ripoff, but I'm still loving it because it actually takes the Ultraman premise and, like, plays around with it and has fun with it. And I think that it's being done in a very, like, um, what's the word? Um, tasteful? It's not being... T- tasteful is one way to put it. Yeah, it's being done in a way that's not very... Um, it, it's it, the, the source material, I say source material in quotation marks, that it's borrowing from. It's it It's portraying it in a good light, like, and it's not even trying to hide the fact that it borrows from Ultraman because they fucking mention Ultraman a dozen times in the fucking show. Do they actually? Yeah, it's like one of the characters always says, well, this is what happens in Ultra. Oh, like, right, right. Uh, for context, I haven't actually ever watched Ultraman. Well, as someone who has watched Ultraman and is now watching Gridman, I can tell you it borrows a lot. But it's doing it in a very playful and very, like... Uh, not insulting way. It's not. It's not. It, it's being very generous to this what it's borrowing from, and it's even mentioning the fact that, that this isn't an original in the show. I mean, I and guess I think that's part of the reason why I like it because it's not. It's not going out of its way to portray itself as being original. I mean, that's very meta and comedic, though. So I think there's like 
there's a limit to how that can apply to other things. True, but I'm just saying in this particular instance, that's probably why I like Gridman, even though it's blatantly ripping off Ultraman. That sounds like it would piss me off, but I don't know. I haven't seen either. But they're they're not just ripping it off. They're honestly paying homage and respect to it. Yes, yes, yes. That that was the word I was looking for earlier, homage. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, and they're doing it in a very tasteful way and they're doing it to to be respectful of people who are coming in new to like that have maybe never watched Ultraman before and for people who have watched Ultraman in the past is like a wink and a nod. I think that's why I like I like Gridman so much even uh, even though it's blatantly ripping off Ultraman and I don't like Bunny Girl even though it's blatantly ripping off Monogatari. Does not matter. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it, you know what? It would be it would be very interesting if at some point during Bunny Girl like they said, "So have you read the newest uh novel in the Monogatari series?" It's like, "Oh. Haha. Ha. You're just a reference whore." Anything with a reference, you got a boner. I do like I do like references. Yes, <laughs> I I especially have found out that I like references to real things because I fucking found out that the chicken restaurant in Zombieland Saga is a real thing, and now I want to go. Fun fact: It's actually made appearances in other animes as well and manga. See, I it's didn't famous. Even period. That. I didn't even realize. Like, I want to go to Saga now. I really do. Oh man. All right, so I want to wrap this up with one final question, and it kind of bleeds off of what we were just talking about with the difference between borrowing and stealing. Do you, any? Do either of you think there's a, like an actual quantifiable limit to the amount of material from a previous work that you can actually borrow or use in a new work for a new work to still be considered original? I think there is. It it has to. If you're gonna be borrowing a uh, certain characters characteristics um settings you have to try to keep it to a minimum i mean let's be real nothing in this world is really original anymore it's very difficult to be a lot of uh, ideas have been already created and played out that being said it's fine to borrow it's just how it is but if you do it way too much it's noticeable and Everyone's just going to co uh, constantly compare, like we're doing now. But yeah. if you try to keep it to a minimum, and uh, or at least borrow from so many different sources it's considered uh, new, you're going to be fine. What do you guys think? That's my take on it. Joe? Uh, I don't know. I want to be as liberal as possible and say you can borrow as much as possible. But I'm, just give them all the rope even so they can hang if, yourself with it? Like, even if I'm okay with you borrowing everything doesn't mean that you, it'll necessarily be good. You still have to like write it well. Um, but honestly, I think I'll stick with, like, if it's a simple story, I'm not really... If I'm not really looking... It's like... It depends on the type of story. If I'm, if you're telling the viewers that you're gonna do a very simple story, then that's fine if you don't do anything crazy new. But if you tell the story, the viewers that you're gonna do something crazy new, you better do something crazy new. <laughs> so yeah, I I completely agree. <laughs> I really do. I think that once you get to a point where you're promising 
your your viewers or your readers a certain thing and then you don't deliver that's when it's like well i've seen this before why why am i reading this why am i watching this is bunny girl a mystery no no well it is kind of sort of um it's got this thing well okay so bunny girl revolves around this kind of concept called puberty syndrome which is this like people being afflicted by supernatural like phenomena which sounds a lot like the fucking stuff that goes on in bakemonogatari so i like the main appeal of monogatari to me is like number one the directing and number two the dialogue um and it's just like overly intellectual which is very very detailed and it's like you can't replicate that you have to do it's too difficult to replicate so how does bunny girl steal from it like what is the main appeal of bunny girl trying to go for okay so this isn't like an actual example from either show but i think i can actually answer your question by by doing this so bunny girl tries to sound like the monogatari series like in its dialogue right but they try and do it without actually writing engaging dialogue. They try and do it with like timing and and, and uh, like you know how words are spaced out. So I'll give you an example. Like in something like Bunny Girl Senpai, well not in Bunny Girl Senpai, the main character would would try and tell someone that things change over time by looking at a blade of grass, and he would point go to another character and say, you know grass is green whereas the exact same conversation could take place in the monogatari series and koyomi would turn to i don't know hachikuji or hitagi and not not just say i've been thinking about grass recently and then he would go on like some 15 long minute long-winded conversation about the nature of the color green and how grass grows and he would end it by saying something like just as profound like and, and you know that's why grass is green that's the difference between how dialogue is handled in bunny girl and monogatari I got I got confused there. So Bunny Girl just doesn't ramble on. It doesn't it doesn't have the same gravitas in its dialogue that Monogatari has. Isn't that good though? That clearly marks it as different than It's it's definitely different, but it's also trying to portray itself in the same way as as Monogatari in that sense. Where it's trying to like say these like profound uh, philosophical things in its dialogue, but it doesn't have nearly the same gravitas in the words that they're using to do it. Well, this makes me think. So of they something. don't have as much exposition about it. What what's so bad about that? That's the appeal of the Monogatari series. That, so like, that means Buddy like Girl this, is think... different due to that purpose, which is. A good thing from what you've been saying, because you don't want them to be so similar, right? No, it's it's saying that it's trying to be something that it's not. Well, this makes me think of something. Um, like how Monogatari does something very complicated and unique in its dialogue. Um, similarly, the Tatami Galaxy does something very unique and complicated in its storytelling in that it has a super, super fast pacing the scenes go by really fast. The the characters talk really fast, um, and it all happens really quickly, and it's very hard to understand. Um, but it's a good show. I definitely recommend it. It's very symbolic and metaphorical. It's only twelve episodes, um, and a show that does a very similar 
thing to that would be Occultic Nine, especially the first episode. Oh god, that is this is becoming a thing. The first episode of I Occultic know, right? Nine, this is the thing. Which was super, super fast paced and all the characters talked really fast, but in Occultic Nine it wasn't as metaphorical, it wasn't as symbolic. So, I don't think you have time to be metaphorical and symbolic when you're adapting an entire volume of a light novel into okay, a single you know episode. I just I didn't hear you say that. Please say it again. Please don't because I'm not listening right now. That's a whole different <laughs> thing. We're not going to deal with that. Okay. But the point is, I think Occultic Nine tried to do the same thing as the Tatami Galaxy, only they didn't do it as well, similarly to how you're describing Bunny Senpai. However, I did enjoy both because... I just like that form of storytelling and I want to see more of it, but also what may color my uh, opinion is that I did watch Occultic Nine before Tatami Galaxy, so maybe if I had watched it the other way around, I wouldn't have liked Occultic Nine, but I, <laughs> so but I might, might be biased. Okay, so, but you're not, you're not denying the fact that one, one of them tried to do something that the other also tried to do. Yeah, and I'm saying like even if it like, it really depends on the person because... The Monogatari does the Monogatari series does do something unique and interesting and like if you're really into that type of storytelling wouldn't you want to see more shows with that type of unique element to it cuz like yeah you like Monogatari but that's only one show don't you want to see more of that type of elements being implemented into other shows I do I just want to see them implemented well I guess. So is it is it really your issue with Bunny Girl not that it's copying the elements of Monogatari, but that it's copying it poorly? Yes, it is. It's it's doing it in a way that, that in my estimation, is insulting to the Monogatari series. Okay, so just if you're going to copy it, you're going to have to one-up it is what we're trying to say. Exactly. But or like, at least, not, 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 not necessarily one-up it, but at least be as good. I mean, honestly, I think it's really just... It's really just up to the individual person. And honestly, it's really up to, at least for me, like, what mood am I in when I'm watching this? Because, like, if I'm in an angry mood and someone's copying something, like, I'm not going to watch it. But if I'm just, like, in a chill mood and I'm watching this and it's like, oh, I haven't seen this style in a long time, you know, I could watch this. I I, I want to watch more of the style. And even though that this isn't as good as the one I watched before it, I am, like, nostalgic about it, so I want to watch it. So I think it really, it, it's really subjective. And that brings us right back to the question we had at the very beginning. I guess so. It's all subjective, people. <laughs> all right. I think that's a good spot to end this. Sure. So, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. I, for one, am shocked that we were able to go for nearly an hour on this topic. Um, if you want to check out, check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all of these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Remember, critique after you watch it. (laughs) Girl, I critique Bunny before I watch it.
<laughs> you haven't even watched it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that was his way of throwing shade. Not gonna lie. It was. <laughs> hey, Chinoda. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Okay. He already is. <laughs> <laughs>